This is the one. This is the one that you hunted, then saved? Yes. The one that saved me as well. From the mud hole? Yes. I know of such things. The songs of Eon's past tell of battles between Mandalore the Great and an order of sorcerers called Jedi that fought with such powers. It is an enemy? No. It's kind we're enemies, but this individual is not. You are a clan of two. episode 27 of force time my name is travis and today i am here with nick peroni nick peroni is back and we are here to talk about the mandalorian chapter 13 the jedi written and directed by the one and only dave filoni and i think it's safe to say that this had a lot of information, a lot of stuff that we knew was coming, but at the same time, a lot of uh, a lot of new information that we weren't quite ready for. And just so everybody knows, this is a spoiler-filled episode, so just want to get that out of there right away. This is we're very spoiler-heavy. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian. We'll talk about Rebels, Clone Wars, a little bit of everything because there was a lot in this episode. Also, I think it's I think it's fair to say, obviously this was a big episode because ahsoka tano finally makes her live action premiere that we've all been looking forward to for so long and there was a mixed reaction about the casting for good reason i also think there's a situation following her that it's hopefully fair to say that some of us may have not formed a complete opinion on. So I understand that, you know, Ahsoka is a a very meaningful character to a lot of people. And I've seen a lot of really positive. I've seen a lot of really negative and all of that is extremely valid. And I think all that's going to happen no matter what, you know, with something as big as star Wars, just wanted to kind of say that just right off the get go that we understand that we see it. I I've seen a lot of it and I've seen some really good conversations happening and been trying to be a part of those and, and trying to learn as much as I can as well. Uh, also, I did want to start out with promoting the trans rights are human rights. This is the way fundraiser. It's over $17,000 now. So when we first started talking about it, what about a month ago, I think it was at like 13 or something like that. And the goal is 15 and it's up past that. And it's at 17,000 now benefiting the transgender law center. Uh, it's a very important fundraiser going on. It was started by Maggie Lovett of the star Wars friends podcast 
Candace Ka of the Geeky Waffle and Eric Eilerson of the Utini and the Living Force podcast. So just wanted to shout that out. If you can, we'll post that in our show notes. And if you can, at least give it a share. If you can donate, it's just a, a really good thing that's come out of everything from this season. So please, please check that out if you can. So let's go ahead and get right into it. And like I said, there was a ton going on today. Nick, overall general thoughts on this episode? Mixed mixed feelings. Um, I don't know if we talked about it, the, the pandemic just kind of allowed all these pre-spoilers spoilers to come out, and we kind of expected Ahsoka Tano to make her debut, but yet it was you know one of those, is it really happening? Is it happening? So yeah, so we, we kind of knew it was coming and didn't know it was coming. And then all of a sudden Bo-Katan mentioned her name and then kind of took all the, the, the fun out of it to sound like, okay, so now the anticipation is when is she going to debut? What is she going to look like? And then the another spoiler leak came out that we got the runtime, which was wrong. And the name of the episode, which was correct, The Jedi, I think the rumor was it was going to be like 57 minutes long or something, and it was only 43 or I can't remember, 40-something. So seeing her first scene, too, kind of caught me off a little bit. I was expecting them to like go to her, but you know, it's the first thing we see is her and her white lightsabers, which is amazing. But I think Rosario did a, a great job with the character. You know, so mixed emotions, you know, the episode, I, I, when I first saw it, I was kind of like when I saw Rise of Skywalker the first time, I had all the feels and then I go back and I, and I re- look at it again and I kind of listen to what people have to say and I'm like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So mixed emotions. I love the episode a lot about it, but there's some things that I have issues with as well, but um, I'm happy with what Dave produced for us. I think... That's totally fair. And today was a really good day to stay off of social media because for me, it was right afterwards. I was just like, wow, like I love that. I think that's maybe my favorite episode that we've seen. And so, yeah, it was a good day to, to stay off of that and actually stay more on, on other, you know, other outlets. Instagram was extremely positive today and had a lot of good things to say. And so the more, the more that I'm on social media, the more I'm like, how, where do I really want to be? Cause yeah, there's, there's a lot out there. And like I said, it's all totally fair. And, and I, I'm not going to sit here and tell anybody that they're wrong because there's a lot of very fair criticisms from the casting and from uh, just, you know, the overall direction of the series and everything, because yeah, we are getting a lot of name drops. We're getting a lot of things that aren't just about the Mandalorian anymore. Like we were used to in season one. So it's starting to either set more things up or, you know, kind of veer off its path, which not sure what it is, but, for me, I loved it. I thought it. I, I just thought it was great. I really thought Ahsoka was was Ahsoka. You're right, though. Seeing her right from the beginning, it was kind of jarring because you weren't ready for what she was going to look like. And right off that bat, you're just like, "Wait, what?" You're just kind of looking at it. But then as the episode goes on, I felt a lot more comfortable, and I was like, "That's that's Ahsoka." And some of her facial expressions and some of the things she said, it just it felt right to me. And like I said that it's uh, totally fair what a lot of other people have been saying that really love that character. And that's got to be the worst thing ever to have your favorite character, you know, not be what you expected. And and I, I, you know, can understand that. But for me, at least, I loved it. I thought Ahsoka was awesome. I mean, 
casting wise, I mean, like when you're bringing, I mean, Bogotan was obviously the first one, and they nailed it because that was her. But bringing, I mean, Ahsoka has become has become so in near and dear to everyone's heart. I mean, she's basically become like one of the most popular characters in all of the, in, in the whole genre. And, uh, Eckstein's gotta, gotta voice her. I mean, you know, um, it's not going to be the same as she's not the voice and you're, you're not going to please everyone with the casting. You're just not. And it's so hard to especially make that type of character into live action. I mean, Bo-Katan is a human. You can cut the hair, you can dye the hair, you can have the person, the exact actress doing that. But I think the casting was perfect. I mean, I, I even tweeted at um, Ms. Dawson today, you know, commending on the job that she did. I mean, I think she did a great job with it, but you're never going to please everyone and I think a lot of a lot of that was it has to be her voice, you know. It's not Ashley Eckstein. It's not, and it, it, that's Maya Sokotano. And that's kind of like where you go back to. And I'd be one of the first person to raise his hands, like Last Jedi Luke Skywalker is not my Luke Skywalker, which is totally fine. I mean, I still there's still parts of the movie that I I love, and there's parts of the movie that I don't I don't care for. But that's all right. That's that what you have to understand is going forward is we need to get away from this toxic type of fandom and just understand that there's going to be different people, different people's point of views and just like what you like and don't hate what other people like. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Yeah, for real. And I think loving things that you really love is, is totally fine too. And even me, the last couple minutes saying like, yeah, I've seen all this other stuff, but it's like that to me, uh, like I can, I can shut that out because I really enjoyed it. I watched it three times now. I think it was awesome. Just seeing her live action, seeing her with the white lightsabers and some of those just awesome shots was, I don't know that that was, you know, and it wasn't just that either. Was, we got a lot of new information. We maybe know a little bit about where this is going, but I, I don't know. It just, it really worked for me and just the whole set of it too. Like from the very beginning, you're in that forest and even that forest, it was just felt different. You know, we've seen, we've been to Tatooine, what, three times now, three or four times. We've been on Navarro a couple times. It's nice to see a new planet and a new city and a new color of what everything looks like like this was like grayish white you know throughout the episode and it was kind of smoky and hazy and it really reminded me of the opening of the rise of skywalker when kylo ren is on mustafar and how it's kind of like hazy a little bit and it's it's just different and new and i don't know it just felt it felt very star wars but it felt very new as well to me and I, yeah it was it just it really worked for me and Another just general thought too is just the sound design of the entire episode. The the second time I watched it, I had it with my sound bar on and I had it just cranked up and the lightsabers and the gong and just everything about the sound design was was just awesome and it felt like you're again watching a movie, which is something that we've talked about with this series a couple times now is that it just feels like you're watching a movie. Yeah, the cinematography and the score of this episode, um, bar none, probably one of my favorites. I mean, the shots, the um, everything that we saw. I mean, just that, you know, we'll talk about it here in a minute, I'm sure. But, you know, I loved, I had the feels watching that, just that scene where Mando's pacing back and forth while Ahsoka's talking to 
the child. We'll talk about his name here, I'm sure, short, shortly. But uh, just that with the moon in the background and what I going back to her care. I mean, yeah, so that was great. And her character, I loved. I felt the same with all the little the little smiles and the smirks and the like that felt like Ahsoka to me, like that all those little tiny nuances that she would do, like the, you know, the feels that she had. Um, there's a lot I liked about it, but there's some issues that I have with it and not have to do with casting. So let's just, let's go ahead and get into the story. So basically where we're at is the Mandalorian is finally going to Corvus. You know, we found out two episodes ago that Bo-Katan told him, you need to go to Corvus, find Ahsoka Tano. That's your Jedi. That's, that's who you need to talk to. And so he finally gets there and he comes upon a town that has been taken over and Ahsoka is their nemesis right now because Ahsoka is trying to find out information from the magistrate and she's kind of, kind of just feels like she's being a thorn in their side of handling this town. And so opens up right away. Ahsoka just taking names. I mean, just some of the moves she's doing with the lightsaber where she throws it through the tree and then she, the tree's starting to come down and she, you know, force throws part of the tree into the guys. She goes up. It's just, to me, that opening sequence was just shot really well. And it was just, it it was jarring for sure because yeah, we didn't know we were going to get Ahsoka like right away, but they wasted no time in giving her to us. Yeah. That opening scene was, was uh, pretty dang cool. And um, I can't remember, I wish I had written the name down, but someone on uh, Twitter today had said that that was more those creatures or beings or whoever she was trying to, whoever she was fighting with the, the gunman, you know, talking was more uh, unused concept art by Ralph McCary, who was, you know, obviously had the callback with those spider uh, creatures in episode two, which were supposed to be in Dagobah and Empire. That's the stuff that fascinates me. Yeah, they've they've used a lot of Macquarie art, which is really cool. And it's a perfect medium to do it. You know, a lot of times with the big movies, you have your one director and you know maybe a couple writers but it's it's pretty much you know one person's vision whereas with this you're getting obviously favreau's in charge but you're getting a different director and you're getting a couple different writers here and there and um so yeah it's cool that they can work that in i think i i really liked ahsoka's line of surrender or face the consequences it felt exactly like luke skywalker in return the jedi when he says free us or die to Jabba. It just, it had the same cadence to it pretty much. And I don't know if you caught that or not, but just, just the way she said it, it just right away. I was like, I've heard that before somewhere. And then on my second time, I was like, that's where it is. It sounds exactly like Luke in return of the Jedi. So another one of those little things that just, I don't know. She had a lot of Luke esque qualities in this. And especially, you know, you kind of brought up last Jedi, but it really reminded me and and we'll get into it, but you know, a lot of what she talks about with the Jedi and and everything like that, it felt like, you know, we are getting a similar an older, more mature, more wise Ahsoka than what we've seen, which is, which is just really cool. But at the same time, I thought it was, she was the same person where she just wants to help people also. Like obviously she wants the information from this magistrate, but she's really there to help the town as well. So she's not great. as quick as, as her cartoon version. 
Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to get that quick. <laughs> yeah, they had to had to up the speed on that a little yeah. bit. But I don't yeah, know how you do that. But yeah, that's yeah. Ahsoka fighting the clones and uh, at the end of Clone Wars. That's it's. <laughs> well, I didn't see that speed. Yeah, she, she was is close, older. Though. She was close. She is older. Yeah, for sure. So then we get uh, we go from the opening scene with Ahsoka. We go to Mando, who's finally making it to Corvus. And he lands in the forest, goes to the town, and this is where we get some more information about this magistrate that we've kind of been introduced to in the first couple minutes. Then Michael Bean's character comes um, and asks him to meet with the magistrate, which is another thing that this is one thing that bothers me about the episode. We get all these name drops and all these things and you, and you know, these people from different genres are different. Like, Oh my God, Michael Bean's going to be in this, this episode or, or this season. I'm going to love it. He's from Terminator and tombstone. Some of my favorite movies ever. And then he's just kind of like this, nobody in the, in the episode, you know, I think me and others build these characters up. Oh my God, he's in, He's in the Mandalorian, so he's got to be some you know major player, and it just turns out to be some nobody, just a, a guard that Mando best, obviously. But it's 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 cool to see again post Empire these different people or whoever imposing their wills on these poor citizens, and you know because there's basically no law yet. You know, the new Republic, as as Den states, is a joke after the Empire. And obviously, this is one of those cases. And obviously, the, the destruction that we see in the planet before Mando comes into town. And once he comes down, it's even, it doesn't look any better. And then he gets to the point where he's talking to the magistrate. And then it's this beautiful Japanese-style, you know, it felt like Kurosawa. Um, it did, and it felt it. it felt really like Kill Bill Volume Two, and and I'm not as as versed in like classic movies and even Kurosawa films or anything like that. I saw that was going around. It makes total sense, you know. Obviously, that was an inspiration that George Lucas used. But yeah, for me, that's what I thought of Kill Bill too, right away. You know, just that like samurai type setup with the bridge and like the little koi pond and everything. It was a it was a really cool set. But yeah, that's she's, Kill Bill One. Was it? Oh, Kill Bill yeah. one. So yeah, mm-hmm. I get my Kill Bills messed up, but uh, <laughs> that's the end when he fights. Uh, uh, oh, when she fights Orenishi. Oh, okay. After, yeah. after she's killed the crazy eighty eights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it really, it really felt like that. It was good. It was yeah. yeah. It was that great contrast, and it's like okay, you know that this magistrate is in charge. That something special about her too. She's not just a normal person which we see that at the end like we don't know exactly her story and we really don't know you know what happens to her but yeah it was a it was a good contrast and just seeing how she's she's living the dream while everyone else is out there and right outside her front door is where she's keeping the prisoners too and it's like she's keeping them up on public in public view for the other you know city folk to see on the daily and just as a reminder i'm sure that she's in charge but yeah it's it's pretty impressive that it's her the two droids the gunmen and then a handful of just bad dudes that are in charge of this big city because one of the shots that we see of the city it does look pretty large so you know you don't know exactly how many people are there but yeah it was a it was a cool cool setup so so he walks through the town goes and 
sees the magistrate and she gives him the job that she wants him to kill Ahsoka. And she has this awesome, and she had it in the first scene too, but you don't know what it is, but her staff is a pure Beskar staff. And she basically offers it up to the Mandalorian if he can do it. Right. So he goes away. Obviously in our head, you know, we don't think that he's going to do that. At least I didn't like, I didn't think there was going to be much conflict really. Cause he's there to meet the Jedi and drop off the child and say, yeah, here you go. He went to the town looking for information. If anyone knows of this Jedi. And as soon as she makes that proposition, yeah, he's just using it to find the coordinates. I mean, that's, that's all he's using it for. I mean, I had no, I mean, that that's his quest, the, the armor, told him what his quest was and he was going to follow through with that. So there, I, I don't, I didn't think at one second that he would have been betrayed or try to do anything to Ahsoka. And then obviously the, uh, the fight ensues, which is a cool little quick battle, which makes me want to see some form of the, you know, the Jedi versus the Mandalore. If we get that in some sort of, of the Mandalorians, if we get some sort of movie slash, cartoon about it i don't know um obviously their weapons were in, were designed to combat these these sorcerers or the jedi and it's cool to finally you know i i don't ever remember seeing a laser sword be you know the best guard is blocking it with his you know he's basically blocking her sword with his his best car which is uh, which is cool i don't remember ever seeing that before that was definitely a, a reveal. And I think that's, you know, for sure going to come in to play. Cause we know Moff Gideon has a dark saber. So now it's like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well that, that makes sense. Like it, it doesn't have to be a Jedi that's going up against Moff Gideon. You know, like that was my take. I was like, okay, well at some point he's going to have a lightsaber duel with someone. Well, that's not the case. You know, the Mandalorian's got this best car. And yeah, I thought yeah. That, was, that was a really good reveal for sure. See, that's funny. I, I was paying attention at that time. I was like, oh, oh, well, okay. But I didn't I didn't think of that, what you just said, until the end. So that made me think once we watch, and we'll talk about it here in a minute, but once we watch Ahsoka fight the magistrate with her lightsabers versus her Beskar spear and her hold her own, or maybe Ahsoka's just toying with her because she knows if she kills her, she's not going to get the info she wants. I mean, I don't know if we see Ahsoka ever again in this in this series. I don't think we will. I mean, I think that that whole battle at the end was setting up Din using that weapon against Moff and be able to hold his own. That that's when I realized that what you had just said. I was like, oh, oh my god! So yeah, now he has this weapon. He doesn't need Ahsoka to come back. He doesn't need Boba to come back. He doesn't need Cobb Vanth to come help him. He has all. You know, obviously he's going to need some help, I guess, with the the dark troopers. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if that's necessarily the case that he's not going to need, you know, some backup. But it's yeah, we'll get into speculation here very shortly. But the the cool thing when he was walking through the forest going to meet her was and I didn't catch it the first time it was pointed out by somebody, but it was Morai on the branch. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, I saw it right away. Yeah. Yeah, it was an owl, and it is kind of obvious. It's like why it's not just a random owl. Like that's that's there for a reason. Dave Filoni knows what's what he's doing, and that was that was a cool moment because yeah, it's the same thing with Din and the child. You know, is wherever I go, he goes. It's like well, wherever she goes, more I goes too. So it was, that was such yeah. a cool little moment. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't mention that. Yeah, that uh, I saw that right away. I as soon as I was watching it at whatever time in the morning it was, I was like, 
is that an owl? What is that in the tree? And I paused it and I looked at it and it, yeah, it does look like an owl. It doesn't necessarily look like Morai, but if you go to the Wikipedia page, Morai has a credit in the Mandalorian in this episode. So it's, it's her for sure. And yeah, the, the fight that ensues is so cool just with the lightsabers and then the Mandalorian uses, you know, both his fire and he uses his little, silly string or whatever you want to call it that wraps her up. And then that great look where she right before she jumps up, just it's such an Ahsoka look. And then she comes down. He quickly yells her name, like Ahsoka Tano. Like I'm, I'm looking for you just to kind of end that. And from there on, she sees the child and this is where we get the information drop. And we've gotten a couple of these in the last couple episodes, you know, we had, Bo-Katan just laying all this stuff about, oh, you're you're a child of the watch, like you're pretty much in a cult type of deal. We, we got that information drop. Now we get this one where we're just hit like thing after thing after thing. So Ahsoka is sitting there connecting with the child through the force and she reveals that his name is Grogu. And so when you heard that, what was your initial reaction when you heard that the child's name was Grogu? Kind of like Amanda's reaction, Grogu. Like, yeah. and, then I, and then I said it a couple times out loud. Yeah. Grogu. Grogu. Like, and I was expecting someone to respond to me. I, even my uh, my miniature dachshund, Moose, was in bed with me while I was watching it the first time. <laughs> I remember saying Grogu, and he like looked up at me, and I'm like, Grogu. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, what, what does that mean, boy? And, you know, I'm like, oh, nothing. I wasn't talking to you. I'm sorry. But I, I wasn't expecting... And I've seen some feedback and some negativity on this. I could give a rat's A about his name. I mean, I really didn't have an expectation for it. I, I didn't need it to start with a Y because of Yoda and Yaddle. I mean, I, I saw that trending around as well. It's like, I mean, it's a name. Like, it's, I don't hate it. I don't, I don't honestly have like a, a negative or positive feeling on it that's his name and that's what i'll start calling him i i think it's a great name honestly <laughs> like i don't you, hate it i mean you, like I, if you really think about it and you look just look at the child and just take baby yoda take the child everything just t- try to clear your mind look at the child it's grogu like that is grogu like it's it's like you know when you look at some guy and you're like that dude is a caleb <laughs> Or something, you know, it's like that he looks like a Caleb, you know, or that a Chad. He looks, he looks like a Chad. That's a better one. Yeah, or a Kyle. He looks like a Kyle, right? But I think I think that the child looks like a Grogu. And I think it's a cute name. I it was funny watching it with my daughter and afterwards, you know, she had her all her baby Yoda toys and everything. I was like, you know, his name is Grogu, right? We can start calling him Grogu. She's like, no, nah, I'm going to call him baby Yoda. I was like, that's fair. It's <laughs> like, call him, call him whatever you want. Cause yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, funny, but yeah, I think it's going to be one of those things where it's just going to be like, ah, you know, there was, there was a, a timeline before the child and, and where, you know, we didn't even know that this existed. And, and now there's just going to be a timeline that he was known as baby Yoda or the child. So I don't know. I think it'll clear up 
a lot of confusion now that he has the name Grogu too, that no, we know he's not actually baby Yoda. Like this is a different timeline, you know, like we, this, we understand that, but yeah, I'm, I'm team Grogu. Well, I'm, I'm all in. There's people still, there's still people clamoring still that it was Yoda and Yaddle's child that, you know, you know, just like the Jedi allowed uh, Kid Amundi to have wives so he could, you know, still uh, keep his race alive. All we knew of as the time and all we know is it is those two species. Like maybe that wasn't, you know, maybe Yoda and Yaddle were allowed to. For the for the procreation of the species, create this this child. And Ahsoka says in there, uh, I only I have only known of of one other species, which I know Yaddle was on the council and Phantom Menace, and then Ahsoka was what thirteen years old or when she came on at the end of Attack of the Clones, and Yaddle had left the council at that point. But I would think that she would have known or heard about her with the records and being in the Jedi council, but you know, whatever, that's one of those nitpicky things that you're, that yeah. the that star was- Wars nerds find, you know, the age thing, what the ages don't match up. Like, how could that possibly be? You know, uh, maybe, I, don't, I don't know, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally fine with the Yaddle stuff because yeah, I, I, I can, I can head canon it where it's like, yeah, we didn't see her in attack of the clones. We don't really know exactly what happened to her, which is kind of, cool thing to me that we don't know but yeah uh, we didn't see ahsoka in the phantom menace and we didn't see yaddle in attack of the clones or clone wars so yeah Mm. totally totally fine with that but we do the the next like right after we get grogu now we know that grogu was a youngling at the jedi temple and was being trained by several jedi masters we get this and then we also get that somebody took him from the temple. Which had to be Yoda, by the way. One of them had to be Yoda. I mean, he trained the younglings. That was part of his thing yeah. as a Jedi Master. I mean, that the, the such a wonder of the mind is of a child. I mean, I mean, it's. I just love that. Right when she says Yoda, we get Yoda's theme too, really yeah. softly, mm-hmm. and in the music, yeah. just a, such a great touch and just just a great use of a musical cue. But yeah, we get that, and then somebody saved him took him from the temple and then we really don't know what happened other than he lost some of his abilities his memory went dark and yeah it just seems like you know if you don't if if you don't use it you lose it and that's kind of what's been happening to grogu since then yeah i i and again this is you know the speculation running wild but yeah i i don't know if we will but i think it would be cool at some point to get the the Jedi that did save him. And maybe it wasn't a Jedi. I don't know. Maybe it was Bail Organa or I don't know. Or maybe it was, you know, I don't think it was Obi-Wan. I don't think it was Yoda. You know, is it? Uh, well, that's, that's because it was a younger, a younger youngling. So maybe he, obviously he, you know, he wasn't there when, was he, did it, was he rescued after Anakin slaughtered the younglings? Was he rescued right before that? Did he survive that initial attack? And then I'm still concerned with, like who had him episode one of season one who was hiding him then who were those people and why why did they have him and who are they hiding him for and i mean there's so much so we we do get all this stuff about the child but we still have a ton of mystery surrounding the child which i think is Mm. is great like we were given a lot but it wasn't too much where it's just delivering us everything i it was really cool to hear the jedi temple 
Coruscant and, you know, the fact that Ahsoka had that connection. But then they go to the next day and she says she's going to test him, you know, to see where he is with the Force. And so she starts off with passing this rock to him with the Force and basically testing if he can throw it back with the Force. He doesn't do it, but then she tells the Mandalorian to try it and basically tries to get him to connect with the child. And she wants to see kind of how far along their connection is as, as well. And so he comes up and it was really funny because he's just, he's like, Hey kid, Hey kid, let's do this. You know, she's like, it's Grogu. And then he's like, Oh yeah, Grogu. And then the child, every time you hear Grogu, the child turns his head, lights up, his ears get real big, (laughs) you know, they flap up and everything. And right away, you know, they make this connection through the ball that he has from his ship that the child just loves and then we get ahsoka basically saying she senses fear in him and that she won't train him because she's seen what attachment can do and she had that that great line i've seen what such feelings can do to a fully trained jedi knight to the best of us and it's just like ooh, in that moment you can just feel that in her voice like she has she has seen that up close and personal and just hearing that was was um was definitely hard to hear because it was super sad but at the same time it did kind of it all made sense on why it's like okay well this this journey's not ending here it's not ending today but i just i loved when they connected and finally the mandalorian's like good job kid like i knew you could do it you know he's just like proud dad and it's just like ahsoka sees that connection too and breaking that up is just not the not the way to go with that i i can see that and i'm wondering if she's sort of kind of obviously she's terribly jaded from that but i hate that that's that you know like when in the rebels when they have that great scene where they're fighting and then she's he's like she cuts him in the face and he goes you know he's like ahsoka and she turns to him and she's like anakin i will not leave you and he's then you will die or whatever it, it sucks that she's become that jaded where like just that one little, I mean, I understand the repercussions of what Anna became and how it, it destroyed her based on the relationship. But I feel like he's young enough where, you know, he's just been away for so long that I, I don't feel like he's completely gone. Then again, we don't really have the background of, I mean, he was taken away from his Jedi masters. He was taken away from what he knew at Coruscant. But other than that, I mean, unless there's some other dark spot that we're not, we don't understand what happened to him. And in that period of time, I really don't think he falls into Anakin's territory. If that makes sense. I, well, I think that she says she senses much fear in the child and thinking about the child 50 years old, and what the child has seen, right? Just from the very beginning of his life, being trained on Coruscant, and then all of a sudden, his entire world shattered. You know, whether he's... I can't remember what age he would be at that... He'd be, what, Anakin's age, right? So, I mean... Yeah, Anakin's age. Yeah, so he wouldn't have been very old, and seeing everything crash around him, and then going for 30 years, or however long it is, we don't know what he's been doing, but we do know that since the Mandalorian came into his life, that they are 
very connected and they are very father son. And I love that Ahsoka is just like, I'm not, I'm not doing that to the child. <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen what it can do. Anakin was pulled from his mother. You know, obviously yeah. that was his mother from birth, but like the Mandalorian's a dad now. I mean, they've been together, <laughs> you know, whether it's been, I don't know if it's been a year or a month or whatever, but they've been through some stuff together and they are their father and son. They have, but we really don't know that. I mean, to be to be honest, we've only seen one side of that relationship. We've seen Mando picking, seeing the child and remembering his past, saying, oh, wait, this can't happen. I was once a foundling. I have to treat this foundling, whatever. And then he's kind of annoyed by him, and then he saves him. And then he's like, wow, this is something different. And then you see Mando's progression of becoming kind of like a heartless bounty hunter to actually caring for this child going forward. But we don't have, um, we, we've gotten goo-goos and gagas and, you know, we haven't really had a, a, the child showing emotions towards Jin yet or Din yet. We, I think we, can, we don't have that. I think we can somewhat form that opinion though, because you're a Jedi youngling you're, you're, yeah, you're a youngling in the Jedi temple and like she said, like she, he was being trained. So at that point, like he could use the force. He could probably wield a little lightsaber. He could probably do all this little stuff. And now we've seen him all this time later where he was found in a, in a, you know, a place with just a bunch of bad guys surrounding it, like covered up, not. But were know, they bad guys? We don't know that. that. That's true. We don't know that. But I mean, I, I would assume that since he was in the egg, you know, covered up behind everything, just like chilling there, like he wasn't having a very good life at that point. And if he was, if he had been for the past 30 years, he would be using the force and he would be more, you know, he'd probably be talking and he would probably be doing all this stuff that a 50 year old Yoda, because like we've talked before, Yoda was a hundred, they said, when he started training younglings. So that's when he was a Jedi master. So the child's not that far off from where Yoda was when he first started training. And that's just when he was a Jedi master. So I don't know. I think we can, I think we can safely say that the child has had a very rough upbringing and that this, him being saved quote unquote by the Mandalorian is a big deal. That's just me. I, 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 I get it. I mean, yeah, I get that. I get aspect of it, but I'm just saying for the, the father son aspect, like that whole relationship, like we haven't seen Grogu's attachment to Mando. He doesn't pay attention to what he says. He's always trying to do something. He's always going off. Hey, don't do this. Well, I'm going to do it anyways. He doesn't like run up and like, hold me please. Or, Hey, he, felt, me, he has done that a couple times. So he has done that a couple times. Uh, I don't know. I, I we see we see Din's attachment to the child more so than the child's attachment to Din's. That's in, fair. Until that's fair. That's just well, my that's just my opinion on on the way that the relationship is. Doesn't obviously Ahsoka tells us that he cares for him, so that has to I mean obviously that she understands him more than I do. Obviously, yeah. I think it's. I don't. I I really just love that Ahsoka makes that decision, and that's you know that that's just super in in character and just just makes a ton of sense that you know that's where she would be and it it, again it reminds me of luke in the last jedi where it's like i'm not gonna do that i'm not gonna train you i've seen what can happen and it it makes no sense obviously luke's luke learns his lesson by the end of the last jedi but but 
you know, that it, I just, I don't know. I, I love that whole interaction and just kind of how she comes to that conclusion. You cannot train him. What? Why not? You've seen what he can do. His attachment to you makes him vulnerable to his fears. His anger. All the more reason to train him. No. I've seen what such feelings can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight. To the best of us. I will not start this child down that path. Better to let his abilities fade. I have delayed too long. I must get back to the village. So then they go, they decide to team up. The Mandalorian's like, I'll help you free this town, free these prisoners, get you to the magistrate if you agree to train the child. So they team up. Speaking of that, my, the funniest thing about that to me, when they're talking about like the plan or, what, or whatever it is, uh, yeah. he goes, a Jedi and a Mandalorian, they'll never see it coming. Well, you didn't even see it coming, like, literally <laughs> a couple of months ago, I, brother. Like, I like, love that line. Like, like uh, you know, like... I love that line. Just, just a few moments ago, you thought there were ancient sorcerers, and you didn't know anything about this, and now you're like, <laughs> a Jedi and a Mandalorian, they'll never see it coming because it hasn't happened in the eons. <laughs> it was, you know, it was so good. You know, like, I love that. I love that line. It made me smile every time I heard it. It's just like, that's, that's awesome. I don't know. It just felt like, really I mean, it's like, a good line, but it, like, I like it, but I, yeah, cause we know, right. because we know the history, but he doesn't like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they'll never see it coming. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good. So yeah, they go to the town. Ahsoka force jumps up to the top of this, like where they have this big bell tower and just takes names again and slices through this big bell Again, the sound design here is just incredible. And then she goes up to the magistrate and just, you know, the way she struts up to that entire crew of of bad dudes, she just struts up, throws the Mandalorian's mudhorn signet, and is just like, I took care of your Mandalorian. And they all start shooting at her. She basically lures a bunch of them away, and then she takes all of them out. Meanwhile, the Mandalorian comes in, frees the prisoners, and then they both kind of go on their own. They're on each side of this wall. So Mandalorian and Lang, the Mandalorian like, and Lang, that's his name. The, the, Michael Bean's character. Yeah. They're on one side of the wall. Ahsoka and the magistrate are on the other side of the wall. And it, to me, the contrast of that was really awesome because the Mandalorian just feels gritty, feels earthly. You know, he feels dirty and rugged and all this stuff. Whereas on the other side, Ahsoka and the magistrate are fighting. They're real clean, right? They have the, the Jedi weapon, you know, the, of a more civilized time. Right. And they're on this like real nice area. And the Mandalorians in this shootout, basically on the other side where they just have their blasters. And I just, I loved that contrast of they're right on the other side of the wall. They're barely separated by anything, but it feels like they're just, worlds apart yeah no that my only like i said uh earlier in the episode i yeah i love the the samurai callback the you know what george loves and what dave loves and what dave's is also trying to say george look what i i love this too but the the only issue i have in this in that scene which also i love that they have the um hk87 droids because i think i'm pretty sure we see those guys in rebels those droids and rebels 
Um, and I, don't, I can't remember the last time we've seen him anywhere else. Those those Jords. Now they don't really do much. They get destroyed in two seconds, but they climb so up cool the wall really fast. Yeah, the, the way yeah. They, that one climbs up. Yeah, the that wall one guy did. They had the cool little flip up. Yeah, it reminds um, me of those. You know, you see the videos of like the Boston Robotics Company that is like trying to do these robots, and they're like yeah. coming to life, but they're just like a little awkward. But they're doing yeah. all like they're carrying boxes and stuff. That's exactly uh-huh. what it reminded me of. That, that is a good call back there. But yeah, that character, and this goes back to what I was trying to say earlier. I mean, like Michael Bean's character. I mean, I just kind of thought seeing him in the very beginning of that was he like. When she comes back, we'll be ready. Like we have a plan for this Jedi, and not knowing that the Mando's coming, you know, and then that just throws a whole new it. planet. They'll never yeah. see it coming. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I kind of think he's like this. Even Mando says to uh, Ahsoka when they're like talking about, you know, she has this guard or whoever it is he's probably some general or former. I forgot what he, she, he describes him as, but obviously someone to be reckoned with. And obviously he can shoot a gun quickly or a blaster rifle quickly. And, you know, he's sitting there and he's like, yeah, sounds like one side versus the other. Who, what side do you think is going to win? And then you hear the best car drop. He's like, whoops, well, not my side. And then he just bends down like fake surrender. And then like, I couldn't, I, I just see he's like, he's going to pull out a gun here. I bet it. Like, that's exactly what I said. And he did it and gets blasted away. And I was like, Oh man, what was the point of that character? He didn't do anything. He didn't like, <laughs> he didn't drive the plot. He didn't, he just kind of, you thought he was going to be cool. And then he just got a blaster hole thrown from Mando for, for thinking he was cooler than he was. So that's, that's the one part of the action sequences that I just was like, Oh man, that's yeah. all this guy was. It really turned into the Ahsoka show at the end, you know, where it's like they're having this awesome duel. And I mean, that that duel with the lightsabers and the Beskar was just awesome. And the whole time, like, that is going on. They're going at it. And then, yeah, they're just on the other side of the wall, like, talking and listening to, like, the grunting and, and everything from the other side of the wall. And then, yeah, they're just kind of, like, chilling, just kind of talking and we get this awesome duel which i didn't see coming and and we talked about this a little bit earlier right ahsoka has taken on darth maul she's taken on darth vader she's done all this stuff but i didn't think about it you know when they were having their duel i just assumed that whoever this person is morgan elsbeth like i just assumed she has been trained somehow and it kind of reminded me of bruce lee's granddaughter by the way yeah, I did read that. That's really cool. But yeah, um, it really reminded me of the, is it Terrace Cassie in Solo, right? Where Kira is just like on it and she just takes everybody out. It's like, I could see Kira keeping up with Ahsoka for five minutes. You know, it's not like she took her out. She did take one of her lightsabers, but at the end of the day, you know, Ahsoka still came out. And I, I just, I loved seeing that. I think it's definitely foreshadowing what we're going to see with that Beskar versus you know, the dark saber later on this yeah. season. I think that's what it gave that. That's what that scene was. I mean, obviously she, she couldn't just run up and and that'd be the end of it because obviously, you know, she would have just jumped that wall at the very beginning, you know, instead of like giving her an hour or whatever he was, you know, she was like the beginning looked kind of like an impenetrable fortress. And then, the, then when they're ready to attack, she just jumped over the wall and started, you know, doing what she could have done the whole time. She wanted that information and she just whacked her right away. Maybe she was toying with her. I don't know. I mean, but it was a, a decent fight. And I don't remember any other, you know, she's obviously we learned that she's part of the Imperial Navy. And I don't 
remember any of them training yeah. to fight Jedis. Obviously, in in the New Order or the First Order, some of those they have the armor, and some of those weapons are to stop Jedis. So obviously, that somehow the training had taken place. I don't know if it had taken place yet, but yeah, it was it was intense. It was it was just that whole sequence of them going into the town and, and saving the town. And even, you know, when they're chasing Ahsoka through the like little hallways and stuff, and there's that just amazing shot of both lightsabers lighting up at the same time when they're just like both horizontal with the ground, but like close to her face. And then she's just behind those people. Ah, just so another rebels callback. I feel. Yeah, no, for sure. it, It was. And then she wins the duel. And Mando's on the other side. He wins his shootout, which is like total Western. And then we get the Thrawn name drop. And we were both in agreement. This was, I'm, I was totally fine with, with the Thrawn thing in general, because I know there's a ton of people that are huge Thrawn fans and like super, super into the books and, you know, him and rebels and everything like that. I have not, read the books and I have not really gotten into Thrawn, but I thought it was really cool. But the way it did feel kind of like, you know, it, to me, it felt like somehow Palpatine has returned where it's like, that felt really forced. I wouldn't say it was as bad as somehow Palpatine has returned to me, but it did feel like, Oh, that's, that's kind of weird. You know, cause in the Bo-Katan episode we get at the very end where she's like, go find Ahsoka Tano on Corvus. And it felt very conversational and it felt like, Oh, makes total sense. This one was like, wait, what, what are we doing now? Why is this a thing? Like, yeah, it, it was- I, st- I still had problems with that though. We talked about that before. I still, I mean, you could have said that one of their kinds is on this planet. You, you didn't have to straight say, Ahsoka Tano like to me that uh, that's fine that you liked it I that it felt rushed to me there too like uh, you didn't need to say her name just say once we saw her in her hoodie or her white lightsabers ignite you know that's all we needed to see if she did if Bo-Katan didn't say go to Corvus to seek Ahsoka Tano and he went to Peta said hey we're in Corvus this is where Bo said to, this is and then we saw her like yeah you know it wouldn't have been it still would have been cooler than now we're waiting for her. And then we got the episode before where she wasn't in, involved. And then this one. And then she said the whole name. Like, Star Wars fans know him. You don't have to say Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, why, where's Thrawn? Would have sounded better than where's Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like, I, that, that's just me. But again, if a lot of these people haven't watched the animated stuff, read the books, this is this episode to them. And they're just watching Mandalorian is like, who in the F are these people? Like, why do people care about these? You know, who's this Jedi to them? It's a Jedi. It's a person wielding lightsabers. It's not someone who has this whole giant backs, tragic backstory. And the same thing with Thrawn. I mean, Thrawn's a great character. I have read the books. I do love the books. I do love the character himself. I do love the legends character legends Thrawn as well, but it it, it just felt, it felt like just, a wink to the audience, like you're going to get more of this. Like we're, yeah, and they're we're, like, we're going to do a spinoff or, you know, the rebel sequel or whatever. It felt like looking in the camera and telling us, which again, I'm totally in for the rebel sequel or whatever other Ahsoka content. Like I can't wait for that stuff. I'm so excited for all those announcements. I just don't need it announced to me 
in the Mandalorian, like looking yeah. into the camera. It, that's how that, it. That's what. That's my one of my problems with the episode is it's like this episode. Like I loved it, and like I said, it 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 tugged on the hearts, and there's beautiful shots of it, but it's also like, ugh, did we need this episode to advance further stories, further? spinoffs i did we got the we didn't mention we got the loath cat running around in the town while she's fighting so everyone that watches star wars rebels know that ezra is connected to the loath cat there's obviously a symbolism there that means the foreshadowing of ezra it still to me goes away from the mando and the mandalorian the dark saber the purge and the night of a thousand tears. Like that's the stuff I want to hear. I, I'm excited. Bo-Katan was, I want the story where they're trying to get the dark saber back for her. It's the Mandalorian. It's not the star Wars seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, like that's where I, that's where I've kind of, that's my take on it right now, which I love the episode and I love the series and I love star Wars. So no one hate me for my opinion here, but like, I just, feel like this season's kind of just like it's know, it's what like, we've it's what we've joked about right is that literally everyone was rumored to show up where it's like yeah everyone yeah well, it can't there. happen yeah <laughs> and it's like no like it's it's happening and i i'm eager to find out what kind of finale are we leading to i want to know that first before i judge too much because there is, I don't know how, but there is a way that all these, like that the Mandalorian, he's met all these people on the way. He needs each of their skills in one way or the other to help him either defeat Moff Gideon, which I don't think is happening this season, or get the child back because the child is is going to get got. He, they are going to get him soon because... I felt like in this episode, right? They they have this whole shootout. They they defeat the bad guys, and then Ahsoka's like, "Where's the child?" He's like, "Oh, he's in the ship." At that point, I was like, "Whoa!" Like Gideon is tracking you. Obviously, he doesn't know that. But it's like the child's gonna be gone, and like right right as he started going back, and this is two weeks in a row where I thought something way worse was gonna happen, and it it didn't happen. Last week, I really thought grief carga and like i, I thought, thought i to. thought they might meet their demise there but i really thought because it had like this real happy music and it was like the child type music as he's going back to his ship i just knew he was going to be gone so like the whole time I'm like oh my god is he going to be gone then no he's just like he's sleeping you know he's fine and i was like that's good but i still think like that is going to catch up to him whether that's on the next planet you know which i guess we should just go ahead and talk about it right ahsoka again is like i'm not not training the child you need to take him basically gives him another quest right i mean which at this point i'm that's what this that's what the series is it's it's an episodic different mission every week gotta defeat different bad guys every week i'm but that 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 moment was touching though you that was a cool moment like him sitting there like you know shoot i don't want to do this i mean i love i mean i do like love this kid i don't want to give him up but again he was ready to pass him off. He was like PO'd that Ahsoka didn't want him again. Like what? I kept up my di- my a- agreement again. Like take this child. You have to take him. And that's just and him he realizing didn't... he's not suited for his lifestyle. I think you know, like I can't protect him. You know, obviously I, there was the line that he loved. I loved in that in this episode. I haven't started to say try to backtrack, but he said um, 
I forgot what she said. She said something, and then he said, "Wait, neither is the Empire, but they're but they're chasing us still." Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not the Jedi aren't around anymore. Well, neither was the Empire, but the Empire is still chasing us. I really liked how he bundled him up too, and he was like, you know, he put the little robe on him and like bundled him up, and was like, "All right, man, like this is it." And yeah, it's immediately he's like wait what like i've done all of this stuff yeah really i gotta do one more thing it's like you get to the final level of a video game and they're like oh joking like you got another one to go yeah you gotta keep choose your own adventure book yeah exactly so yeah she tells him you know she says there's one possibility she's like i'm not gonna train it i'm not gonna do that but you can take him to the planet typhon where there's ancient ruins of a jedi temple place him on the seeing stone and Grogu can choose his own path and that there's a chance a Jedi can sense him and come searching for him. Although there's not many Jedi left. So this just, again, we get all these answers in the middle of the episode. And at the end, it's like, what does that mean? Is it going to be Ezra? Is it going to be Luke? Is any Jedi going to come? You know, is any Jedi going to sense him or in my opinion, they're not going to make it to a seeing stone. Like I, they're not, they're not going to make it there. I think before they get there or even, you know, did we even see him leaving this planet, like in the ship or I don't think we did. I think the last shot was Ahsoka walking away from the ship. He hasn't left. Oh yeah. They're, they're going out cause she's smiling at him when they're leaving. I mean, they're not leaving the planet, but they're, they're rising up. Cause okay. Ahsoka's like, happy and smiling that's one of my favorite parts like that that, yeah, that, that reminded me of soka when she's smiling there like i'm i'm happy i'm at place like this makes me feel good i don't know yeah i think that they're going to go to this place and they are going to complete that task and whoever that this may be comes and rescues them from Mocking. this this plight that's that that's that's my that's my take mm-hmm. and i and 90% of me wants it to be luke and then 90%, which is impossible, doesn't want it to be Luke. <laughs> like, it's like, that's impossible. Like, oh, it'd be so badass if it's Luke Skywalker that shows up. And and then it's also like, man, if Luke shows up, it's too much. Yeah. Give me a new Jedi. Like, give me this this nonsense that Mace Windu survived and he's the one that's going to show up. Or, uh, you know, we talked about a joke about, like, Quinlan boss, you know, he's still muddling around somewhere. Maybe it's him, you know, and, people, and then more on casual fans be like, what, who is this guy with the markings on his face? Or it's Cal Kestis and <laughs> nobody who's played the video games know who the heck that is. Who would come? Is it going to be a force ghost that comes, you know, like it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be interesting there. I mean, it just, it feels like the child's going to get, taken i agree i agree that 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 might be the cliffhanger i think you've been calling that for a while i think that might be the cliffhanger of this episode he gets taken and then we're like oh my gosh how does he get him because i don't think they're gonna have leave that at the end of the season i don't think that's gonna be a last episode of the season that's how season two ends is that the child gets taken by hoff gideon and we have to go an entire year of what is going on with the child? Like, really? Like, they got all this time to get more blood from him, get his midichlorians and all this stuff. Like, it's a lot. It's there, but there's, there's three episodes, and we got it. What was this? Forty-seven minutes. This one was that was forty-seven. Yeah, uh, forty-five. Yeah, I think. Okay, forty-five. So at the most, we got a hundred and fifty minutes left of. Let's just say at the most, that's a good number. Yeah, I, I don't think it's gonna. We're gonna get that much. 
with three episodes to go. And they got so much ground to cover and there's so many characters to revisit. It feels like, and we uh, like, there's a lot of speculation coming into this where, okay, Ahsoka is going to be in the series, but it's going to be a one and done thing. And, you know, Bo-Katan, okay, all these characters might show up, but it's, they're not going to be there for every episode proving to be true so far. But yeah, what is the next step for all these characters? Boba Fett is chilling, hanging out on Tatooine, not doing a damn thing right now. And we don't if he's know. still on Tatooine. He does. I, <laughs> sorry, I mean, Boba, there, you can't advance. He's been you there can't advance in the story. If you're, if you're still in Tatooine, he, like, I, like he's sitting there. Hmm. He went that way, but where is he now? Much, <laughs> like, he's got. <laughs> I, yeah, we got we have a lot. I, it, it feels like we're going to come to the end and there's going to be a big battle of some sort. That's what it feels like. But at the at the same time, like season one, we didn't end with a huge battle. It was a small no. scale thing. And, you know, that's how the, the entire first season, honestly, take out our prior knowledge of Star Wars and Sabine and Ahsoka and Cobb Vanth and Boba Fett take all of that out. And I, I talked to a couple people today that are not star Wars fanatics, but they've been watching the Mandalorian and to them, it has not been a huge disconnect of, I'm like, are you confused at all by all this? And it's like, no, like it's, it's new characters. And we got that last season. We got new characters every episode last season where, you know, it was just like, Oh, okay. We just have that prior knowledge. Yes, some of it does maybe feel a little bit forced when they're telling us names and, and doing it, it that way where the general audience would be like, why does who, who's that? Why does that matter? But at the same time, like it's following a similar path to season one. It's just we know all these new characters already. So I think that's where there's a little bit of I, I do want to know more of what the general like the normie audience thinks of this and it, you know who if they are confused if it is too much but yeah i don't know we got three episodes we haven't seen anything from these three episodes it's gonna be a lot yeah i mean i look forward to it and again i love it i love everything about it and and like i said and maybe maybe like you said once this season's over which you know i, I hate to say it because i've watched each episode like six times already you know you'll go back after it's over and kind of decompress Mm-hmm. And watch it and go, okay, it made sense, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, maybe every every week I'm just so amped to, for Friday to come. Then when it does, you know, and I'm trying to find different ways to nick, nick it apart instead of enjoying the show. It was like when I went to Disney World this last couple of weeks. You know, I'd never been to the Star Wars world. And I'm sitting there, every single thing that I'm visiting I got my phone in front of my face and I'm video recording it. And Stacia, my wife, just kept saying, "Just enjoy it. Like, what? Why do you have to video everything?" And I'm like, "Because I want to. I want to. I want to experience it." All. She's like, "Well, just experience it. Like, just walk through it." You know, the first time I went on the Rise of Resistance, which people can't get on apparently, and I first time I get on it right away, and the whole dang thing, I recorded the whole thing, my whole ride, I'm recording. <laughs> And she's like, Nick, put your phone down. Enjoy the ride itself. You know, like, why are you recording this? You're not experiencing it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That's Yoda Uh, to Luke Skywalker, right? Always, always looking over the horizon and never focusing on the moment. I mean, there's a lesson. There's a lesson to be learned there for sure. But yeah, 
It's uh, it's getting intense. It's getting we're getting a lot of new information every week. It's yeah, could go so many different ways in the next three episodes. We could get all these characters again. We could get none of it at all. Who knows? I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I just know that there's going to be intense meetups here (laughs) between Moff Gideon, the Mandalorian, the child. Something big's going to happen, and yeah, most likely going to happen soon. So Grogu. Grogu. Grogu forever. Yeah, we got to get used, used to that. To it, say yep. it. Yep. Say it a lot. Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. I think Grogu is an awesome name. It's killer. Going to get a Grogu tattoo. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps up for us. Episode 27 of Force Time. You can find us on Twitter at Force Time Pod. You can find us on Instagram at Force Time Pod. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, may the force be with you.